Hello everyone and welcome to today's talk. What is the bullwhip effect? How can it affect your business and your supply chain? And how can you not only protect your business and your company from it, but maybe even benefit from it? That is what we are going to talk about today, or I'm going to talk about today. And I'm happy that you are joining me or maybe you're watching this as a replay. Nonetheless, let me know if you can hear and see me loud and clear. Just want to make sure that the tech is working. And of course, as always, feel free to share your thoughts, your questions in the comment section in the chat below. What, why do I um, yeah, want to talk about it? Um, because I think um, yeah, the World Web app is something that you are probably familiar with and um, yeah, over the last one, two years, um, we saw especially a lot of problems, a lot of shortages in supply chains and uh, very volatile prices and maybe even, yeah, not even availability of some goods at all. And therefore I think it might be a good topic to talk about it because I think it um, yeah, will be with us for some time. Therefore, let's jump right into my presentation. So first of all, let's talk about what is the bullwhip effect. And um, yeah, when you put that question into Google, you get an answer something like that. The bullwhip effect is a supply chain phenomenon describing how small fluctuations in demand at the retail level can cause progressively larger fluctuations in demand at the wholesale manufacturer and raw material supplier levels. So what does that mean in plain English? Um, yeah, over the last uh, years and um, right now we see that the yeah, demand behavior of consumers um, can change very rapidly. Meaning, um, for example, because of the pandemic, people are buying or bought more electronic goods and uh, yeah, spend less on other goods and services. And therefore, we saw an increase demand in, let's say, product X, meaning more people go to their retailer, go to their local store, go to their shop and want to buy a certain good. And of course, um, yeah, a retailer only has a certain amount of stock, a certain amount of inventory. Therefore, um, yeah, they run rather quickly out of stock and um, yeah, you might remember the big toilet paper shortage at the beginning of the pandemic and other examples that I'm going to talk about later on. And um, yeah, that caused them to run out of stock quickly and therefore in the next step, they ordered more from their wholesaler. And of course, um, they not only ordered um, yeah, so that they can refill their stock, but they anticipated that that demand um, yeah, stays constant or maybe even increases and therefore they ordered a little more and now the wholesaler runs out of stock runs out of inventory and um, he basically does the same he goes to the manufacturer to refill um, or to yeah, to refill the inventory and um, does the same it doesn't not only order enough to refill the inventory to stock up again but orders a little more from the manufacturer to make sure that they don't run out of stock again. So we have that whiplash effect through the whole supply chain. Everybody is ordering a little more. And therefore, although we have a 
yeah, moderate increase of demand at the beginning of the supply chain on the consumer side, when we then yeah, transfer that through the whole supply chain at the end, the manufacturer um, yeah, is flooded with orders of a multitude um, of the actual demand that we have at the beginning. And that's why we talk about that bullwhip or that's why yeah, economists call that bullwhip effect because yeah, a relatively small movement, a relatively small increase of demand at the beginning of the cycle, at the beginning of the supply chain causes a really um, yeah, big movement of orders or yeah, supply chain movement through the whole supply chain. And um, when you then factor in that usually it takes a few months, um, sometimes years to um, yeah, fulfill or to ship these orders or to for the manufacturers to change their production, to order more from their suppliers, more raw materials and so on. Then we know, well, then you, now you know why we are seeing um, yeah, so volatile prices over the last years. And um, yeah, that can, as you know, or as you can see here, go in both directions. Sometimes we see um, yeah, prices skyrocketing for some goods, but we also seeing sometimes yeah, really sales of um, products um, where they now have too much in stock and the demand didn't catch up. And therefore, um, yeah, they have to get rid of their oversupply. That being said, let's talk a little bit about the different, um, first of all, different factors that can contribute that or can you know, accelerate that phenomenon. And then, of course, in the second step, um, solutions and steps you can take to prevent um, that or to mitigate the risk and to take, yeah, precautionary measures to protect your supply chain and maybe even to benefit from the whole situation because I think there's always not only risk but there's also opportunity. That being said, um, if you just tuned in as always, um, feel free to ask your questions during the live stream, put them in the chat, put them in the comment section down below and then I will try to answer them during the live stream. As always, feel free to share the content, hit the, hit the like button and so on to make sure other people can also benefit from that content if you think that's beneficial at all. So, um, yeah, one reason or one factor that contributes to the whole um, phenomenon, to the whole situation is, of course, that we have really fast changes in demand and that can exacerbate the bullwhip effect by causing stockouts or, in that case, lost sales for, um, yeah, for companies because Although there's a high demand, you just cannot fulfill the orders and therefore, um, yeah, you lose a lot of revenue. And um, I think you probably can think a lot of situations over the last two years where that was the case, where you actually wanted to buy a certain good, but um, it was just not available. Or if it was available, um, yeah, for extremely high prices. And as I said earlier, we have two examples that you might remember. Um, yeah, the big toilet paper shortage in 2020, because for some reason, everybody thought, um, yeah, we need more toilet paper. Everybody bought a little more. Retailer didn't have enough in stock and therefore, um, yeah, the shelves were empty really quick. And it took months till they actually ordered more, till there was, or till the production ramped up and they could fulfill all these orders for the wholesalers and then to the retailers. 
And a more recent example, um, yeah, if you live in the US or if you follow the news in the US a few months ago, was the baby formula shortage in 2022, where for yeah, similar reasons, um, there wasn't enough baby formula available for the demand that was actually in the market. And you probably can think of a lot of other examples. Um, let me know in the comment section um, yeah, from examples that you experienced or that you heard of um, from goods that weren't just available, although there was a high demand for it. And of course, the reasons why we have that problem through the whole supply chain, you know, the pandemic, high energy prices, therefore high shipping prices and so on. Then the second reason, and I think um, yeah, we cannot underestimate, underestimate that, is the lag time in supply chain and production. Because um, yeah, it just takes a few weeks just for yeah, the ship from China or from wherever um, to yeah, reach their um, destination. But not only that, it takes months usually to actually yeah, change production lines, to ramp up production and yeah, to make changes to the whole supply chain. And therefore, um, yeah, it can easily take one, two, three years um, till for certain goods that um, yeah, production capability can actually ramp up. And then not only that, but then it takes also some time till um, yeah, the goods are shipped until the goods actually hit the shelves and the consumer can buy them. Reason number three, and I think um, yeah, we shouldn't underestimate that, is maybe especially in the Caribbean um, poor inventory management. And what do I mean by that? Um, yeah, especially in the Caribbean, it's still kind of normal that um, there's most inventory management done by paper, um, if at all. Um, meaning, yeah, there is no real transparency or companies don't really know how much stock they have in inventory um, through their different um, locations or point of sales um, or yeah, warehouses. And um, therefore, it's really hard for them to know how much they have in stock, um, if they can meet demand or to make predictions for the future, how much they should order to actually make sure to kind of smoothen these um, yeah, these uh, changing demand or supply patterns. <clears throat> so we talked about the problems or some of the reasons um, why we are seeing that phenomenon. Now I want to talk a little bit about solutions and uh, yeah, steps you can take to actually mitigate that risk or to prevent these things from happening and maybe even can how you privately or with your company can um, benefit from the whole situation because um, I think there are not only problems but if you are smart and flexible enough there are uh, maybe opportunities here. So the first thing and I would encourage everybody listening or watching right now um, to take a look at that is to make sure that you collect as much data as you can and use data and predictive analytics to better understand and forecast your demand patterns because usually it's um, yeah a cyclical uh, thing that we're talking about here and if you have enough data if you um, yeah have for example um, AI that you can use or software and 
nowadays um, these software solutions um, aren't that expensive. There are enough solutions for smaller businesses, for medium-sized businesses, um, even in the Caribbean that you can use that yeah, help you to predict the demand and therefore place your orders um, on time to make sure that when the demand increases, you actually have the supply um, to meet these demands because otherwise you already always run um, yeah, kind of behind the, uh, the demand and, and always react instead of yeah, act and plan into the future. And as I said earlier, otherwise you always have the problem with the lag time you order or yeah, you realize, oh, I get more orders today. The demand is increasing today. Um, now I have to order more and now it takes weeks, if not months, till you actually refill your store. And that just means your customer goes to your competitor or yeah, just you're losing revenue and sales in general. And when you yeah, use data and predictive analytics in a smart way, and again, that's usually not that expensive. You just need to make sure that you actually have your IT and your data collection set up properly. Then you can, um, in my eyes and in my experience, save a lot of money here and prevent a lot of from the situations that you run completely out of stock. Because yeah, nothing is um, yeah more concerning or yeah, a bad situation for every entrepreneur for every founder of every company uh, when they actually have a lot of orders but can't fulfill them. A second reason, and um, I think that is more on the... Yeah, or second reason is just to make sure that your communication and coordination between your supply chain partners um, is good. And that can help you to avoid disruptions caused by unexpected changes in demand because um, you talk to your suppliers, um, you know how their situation is, um, and they maybe can tell you, hey, we see in other markets an increase in demand, or hey, maybe um, we have problems by ourselves to fulfill orders. Just make sure that you are really you know, close to your suppliers, that you're really close to your network um, in that situation, that you really have a good um, yeah, relationship with the people involved in your supply chain, because that information that is maybe not available in public data or public um, yeah, information that they can maybe give you a heads up a little ahead of time and you can react accordingly and can react, um, yeah, not in time, but yeah, how do you say that? Before the things actually happening. Step number three. <clears throat> Use Lean and Six Sigma methods to streamline processes. What do I mean by that? And yeah, generally speaking, flexibility is key. Meaning, make sure that yeah, your whole process is really a lean setup that you can really react quickly to the change in demand, to the change in supply, but not only that, that generally speaking, um, you make sure that you reduce the amount of waste that you're producing, that you are um, yeah, really effective in your production, in your distribution, in your whole supply chain. And um, yeah, that you just make sure, especially right now, that you are as effective as possible. And again, flexibility is key. 
especially when you are a smaller company, when you're a smaller business, I think that's your big advantage in that situation compared to bigger organizations um, yeah, where you just cannot react that quickly to change in market conditions. Um, that's your big advantage as a smaller company that you can really make quick changes and adapt to a changing situation and changing environment much quicker than bigger organizations, maybe especially in the Caribbean where you have a, yeah, generally speaking, more complicated supply chain situation. I think that's your big advantage here and you should focus on that. <clears throat> but not only that, because I think um, it's super important to make sure that everybody in your team, all your stakeholders are on board and um, yeah, understand how important that is to mitigate that bullwhip effect or to yeah, have control and transparency in your supply chain. Because um, yeah, if you're the only one that is working on that problem, um, then you will probably not really succeed. So we need to make sure that everybody in your team, all the stakeholders involved, everybody in your supply chain involved, um, actually knows how important it is, um, understands the phenomena and uh, understands that it can take weeks, months, or even years till these effects um, yeah, go through the supply chain and yeah, hit the market. And therefore, when you make sure that everybody involved actually understands the problem, then you have a much, much better way to collect data, to make quick decisions and uh, yeah, react to changing market conditions. And now a thing um, where I think that you not only can protect yourself or yeah, protect your supply chain, um, but maybe even benefit is when you act anti-cyclic. What do I mean by that? Because of course, um, as I said earlier, the bullwhip effect doesn't only work in one direction, um, but also in the other meaning cannot only be that you have a high demand and low or no supply, but it can also be the other way around that um, yeah, because of that lack effect, because of the different um, situations that you now have an oversupply because the demand was maybe a year ago. Now the production catches up. Now the shippings arrive or the goods are arriving in the harbors and now you have an oversupply and now um, companies need to get rid of their um, yeah, stock because they just don't have warehouses to um, yeah, store all the products. Meaning when you have the opportunity or when you have the option to um, maybe delay some purchases or maybe buy when the price is very cheap because again, um, they need to get rid of um, that, um, that overstock, that oversupply, then you can really save a lot of money. You might have seen that on a yeah, personal level on a private level that um, yeah, some goods um, are right now very cheap that maybe 12 months ago were very expensive or not available at all and that means you can really make a bargain here so talk to your suppliers um, talk to everybody involved in your supply chain and uh, yeah maybe you can really make a bargain here and really get 50 70 60 percent um, of your normal price and I think again when you have proper data collection when you have good predictive analytics and maybe just calculate with some buffer or maybe you don't have to buy today, but you can maybe buy, yeah, metaphorically speaking, tomorrow or maybe six months from now, 12 months from now, um, 
that can yeah, really save you a lot of money because you're not forced to buy today to an extremely high price, but you can buy six months from now and then you maybe get it half the price. So I think, yeah, just look a little bit more in the future, try to anticipate what is coming and maybe um, put you or make sure that you are in a position where you are not forced to buy and um, yeah, therefore have more flexibility when you buy and therefore have more control over your price when you actually need to buy or when you actually uh, buy your supplies or your goods. And of course, last but not least, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And um, yeah, what I mean by that, diversify your supply chain. I think um, a few years ago, it was um, maybe feasible or reasonable to only have one or two suppliers um, because it was efficient, um, it was cheaper maybe, and uh, yeah, it was just for yeah, on-time delivery, just on time. And therefore, um, you could save a lot of money when you just yeah, bought from someone, maybe you could um, get a better price and so on. And I would encourage you to think about diversifying um, your supply chain more. Yes, that might be a little bit more um, yeah, cost or yeah, money intensive or labor intensive um, than um, you are used to in the short term. Um, because again, you need to find the suppliers and to talk to them. Um, you do not buy that much um, from a single supplier, but rather distribute it yeah, through more or over more suppliers and therefore you cannot um, get that cheaper price, but you are way in a way better position that when one supplier for whatever reason cannot fulfill um, that you have another one or multiple um, suppliers that can actually fulfill your orders. And I think um, that will be for the next years um, one of the yeah, big advantages when you have a diversified supply chain, when you're not dependent on only one or two um, suppliers in your supply, uh, supply chain, but rather diversify and distribute your risk. Okay, that was it so far. Let's recap really quick to go through the problems. So what is the bullwhip effect? As I said, the bullwhip effect is basically small increase in demand at the beginning of the cycle and the beginning of the supply chain from the consumer side the consumer buys more from the retailer retailer runs out of stock therefore the retailer orders more from the wholesaler and a little more than before to don't run out of stock again the whole wholesaler also run out of stock then the wholesaler also buys more or orders more from the manufacturer also with a little um, premium on top, a little more to make sure they have enough buffer uh, to don't run out of stock again. And then the manufacturer now has to, yeah, fulfill multiples, uh, yeah, or maybe magnitudes more of orders um, that the actual demand at the beginning. And when we then factor in, um, yeah, lag time in supply chains, um, and when we then factor in the lag time, meaning months even sometimes years till manufacturer can ramp up production, we'll still we see these huge volatile price yeah, movements in yeah, the goods on the market. Factors that contribute again, right now because of the pandemic, because of high energy prices, because of supply chain disruptions um, and so on, we see really fast changes in demand for different goods. 
um, that can exacerbate the bullwhip effect by causing stockouts and therefore lost sales, lost revenues for you and your organization. Examples, toilet paper shortage in 2020, baby formula shortage in 2022, and maybe other examples you can think about right now. We have the lag time in the supply chain in production, meaning we see these things playing out over months and sometimes even years. And one of the reasons is that, especially in the Caribbean, we often see poor inventory management because of a lot of that is still hand-to-hand -hand combat, a lot of that is still not digital. And yeah, a lot of companies, organizations don't really have a transparent um, view of their inventory. Solutions to mitigate, use data and predictive analytics to better understand and forecast your demand patterns. I think that's one of the reasons where yeah, AI can really play a big role or software in general. Then make sure to talk and communicate, coordinate between your supply chain partners that can help you avoid disruptions caused by unexpected changes in demand because they can give you a heads up, they can give you information that maybe isn't publicly available and can help you to react in advance. Use lean and Six Sigma methods to streamline processes, mean try to be as flexible as possible, reduce waste and be as efficient as you can. Educate your stakeholders on the importance of mitigating the bullwhip effect. Make sure everybody in your team is actually on board. Everybody of your executives understands the importance so that the information that they get yeah, can, collect, can be collected and you can make good decisions. Act anti-cyclic, meaning in your strategy, make sure that you have some buffer that you are not forced to buy when prices are high, but that you maybe can buy when prices are cheap. Maybe you can store a little of your supplies. Maybe you can rent another warehouse or whatever it is in your situation. But um, yeah, again, that movement goes in both directions. Prices can go up very quick and very high, but they also can come down very quick and therefore very low. And then last but not least, make sure to diversify your supply chain that you're not dependent on only one or two suppliers, but diversify your risk. Therefore, one supplier, yeah can't deliver, you're not dependent on them, but you have enough other options that you can rely on. That being said, thanks for watching. Thanks for joining me today. Um, yeah, if you are still with me, I would really appreciate to give me some feedback, use the comment section, hit the like button, um, share the content with someone that you think can benefit from it. If you haven't done so as yet, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and I hope to see you next time. Till then, bye-bye. Ciao.